0: I'm Chris. I'm Adam. I'm Topher. Today we're going to be talking with Dan Canalee about running a recording studio. We're also going to have yet another weekly riff challenge and a quick interview with our musical guest Sparkle Teeth. Let's jump right in. All right, it doesn't mean we have a new gear day this week. We're going to run through this quick. So mine's not super new now. I've but I got the the, the pedal that I talked about earlier. I got the Attack and Decay pedal uh, from Electroharmonics, and it's so good. I thought you talked about this last week. I didn't talk about it. I not, talked about how I wanted it. it. Wanted, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Was and was the tracking on this phone That's all day. right. Okay. I was yeah. like, oh, I wanted these days. I'd love to have it, and then now I have it. <laughs> Very good. So you're going to you're gonna send us a little review, right? Yes. Okay. I definitely want to get some Sweet. different, because it can make so many different sounds yeah nice
1: cool chris didn't you get something (laughs) i did
0: i am excited i got an i got my first vox i got the ac30s1 the 112 uh with the single channel and it's sitting right over there man is it cool uh it's beautiful it's a beautiful amp thank you yeah i got it in the loud red uh, the uh limited edition red so that's super cool. And then I got some new pickups for the guitar, finally, and or for the Telecaster. And yep. well, was, they're not in there. That again? Oh, so I actually ended up getting two of them. I got a Lawler uh, Specialty, and I got a Seymour Duncan SH-1, which is a clone, oh. or I guess, I guess it's like loosely based off of the, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh i think last name is seth lover yeah seth uh, seth lover, seth lover, lover yeah. yeah the ps A-F. yes yeah. yes so that's what it's based off of um and then i got those into the telecaster and then realized i forgot to put a ground wire into the like go into the bridge so that's it's not working yet it. yeah it's just nothing but buzz right now <laughs> <laughs> all right so um Next, uh, we're going to do our uh, Original Riff Challenge. You want to introduce us? Sure.
1: Okay. So uh, today's Original Riff Challenge, which I think Chris came up with actually, uh, is, uh, you know, uh, what if Metallica had uh, lost their uh, frontman for the day and uh, happened to uh, the only person around was Bob Dylan.
2: So I'm super curious <laughs> to see this.
1: I, so I really today to... is uh Bob Dylan fronting Metallica.
0: You you ready for this? I'm it's bad. It's really bad. <laughs> Oh, Bob. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) He was just lost. That's all it was. What what am I doing? (laughs) We're playing what? (laughs) Uh, He hit the right note. Where's my harmonica? We'll (laughs) just pretend that didn't happen. (laughs) Very good. Very nice. Uh 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 All right, we're Uh, back on track. Well done. That's that's exactly it. That is like like, look. Yep. I was wondering how you were gonna pull that off with like. It like he's mostly. I think like the vocals for him. I felt like if he showed up with like a guitar
1: or something. Like there's just there's nothing he could do. Mm, But I just drowned out. I just imagine him like wandering on the stage with a harmonica. Yeah. uh, Like isn't the right key? No. Like I'm just gonna play.
2: That was. (laughs) <laughs> Spot on,
1: sir Somebody's gonna hate me for oh, that man.
0: Oh, for sure <laughs> Oh, did that did sound like sad but true in the background? Is that what you kind of...
1: That would be... I can't play those riffs oh, Because I uh, would, you know Yeah, 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 yeah oh, copyright, right, copyright. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But it could have been, you know <laughs> the True but sad s- <laughs> Truthfully sad, yeah yep.
0: Oh, God <laughs> Beautiful Okay, moving on. Uh, and now for our interview with Dan Kennealy.
1: Hey, guys. Uh, this is Dan Kennealy from uh, Chip Tooth Audio, and we are talking to him about his, uh, his studio here in Fort Wayne. And uh, we're going to ask him a few questions and kind of get some information about running a studio, building a studio, and just kind of all, all that that entails. So uh, how are you doing today, Dan?
3: Uh, I'm doing, doing great. Um, did some studio things all day, which was, which was really nice. Uh, quantizing some drums for a terrible metal Christmas song, uh, that I'm working on and yeah. Sounds good like stuff. A Tuesday. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. Uh, so, uh, so I kind of wanted to ask you, uh, to start just kind of, how did you get interested in, in recording stuff in general and, and uh, kind of taking us from that to like what? when you said, Hey, I'm I'm going to open a
3: studio. Yeah. Um, I think it started like a lot of people, um, in the early two thousands, when I was in high school, I got a Tascam Porta studio. I don't remember which model I, I think it was like Porta studio four. Um, but every time I look them up on forums, there's like Mark two Mark three. Like, I don't, I don't know. I just put a tape in and I had a cheap radio shack microphone and I was making demos for like, punk bands that I was in at the time, just like, uh, playing like guitar and singing. So I could show something to my bandmates. Um, because the alternative at the time was just like a boom box, I guess. Um, and that kind of sparked an interest in it. I had a band director in middle school who showed me a lot of, um, MIDI recording and like stuff he could do on a, on a keyboard. Uh, and I remembered that. And so then I bought, um, a keyboard from Sweetwater before it was like what the, like the behemoth it is today. When it's still like in a house on on Bass Road, and I had this Kurzweil keyboard and my four track recorder and like a, um, just like an RCA interface, like an adapter, basically to to get things into my computer. And I recorded into I, I don't know if it was even called Audacity then, but it was like whatever the it might have been, like some free uh, DAW. Anyway, I made a lot of home demos for like all through high school and college, um, got into a couple of bands and started doing, uh, started recording in like in studios that were kind of similar to what I have now, like a home studio environment where somebody's got like a setup in their basement or in their garage. And I thought it was fascinating, like just, just the whole process. Um, and then I got, got to work in a couple other studios here in town, like Digitracks before. I mean, I don't, I don't know if Digitracks still around, but I, I did some work there, um, with Matt Riefler as an engineer. And, um, then I, I worked, uh, I made a couple of records with Jason Davis at, uh, off the cuff sound, which is like a hundred percent analog studio, which is a really cool experience. And anyway, like the whole time I was just like fascinated. Like, I think the older I got, the more I realized that I was more fascinated by that than I am like playing shows. Like playing shows is great, gigging is fun, but like, there's something really magic about making a record. That like, when you get to just like really focus on like, how do you get the guitar to sound like, like, what is what is a, a Marshall JCM800 sound like compared to like a Plexi or compared to a Dual Rec or a Fender Twin or or whatever? Like, and how do we how do we like? like on a guitar, you know, you're basically like in a lot of rock songs. Anyway, you're playing the same, the same chord shapes, like whether you're playing a jazz song or a Tom Petty song or a death metal song, like
2: yeah.
3: it's not that different, but like the gear you use, right. the the microphone techniques, like whatever, whatever you're doing like can drastically alter the, the whole thing. And I, I just found that fascinating. So uh, then the pandemic hit, And I couldn't play music out anymore, which is kind of how I was getting my, my creative release. And I got really fascinated by uh, like home recording again. I was like, I should do this. And then um, I think I'm the kind of person that like, I never do anything halfway. Like, I don't think I do a lot of things, but as soon as I start like down a track, it's like, this is just what I'm going to (laughs) do. And so I had like two years essentially, while this has all been going on that I was like, how invested in this can I get? And like, I'm not spending money traveling or going out to eat or doing any of those things. I was like, wow, you know, you save a lot of money and like a microphone's not that expensive. And then you're like, well, I talked myself into one microphone. I can talk myself into two microphones. And it just, (laughs) it just kept going. And then then 20, yeah. Like what's 20 microphones? Like, can you really have too many SM57s? I would argue no.
1: Agreed. (laughs) Being be guitar player, yeah, like we're all. It's like I, at a certain point, like, gets, I think microphones for me became like guitar pedals too. It's like I need this and this. Yeah. yeah.
3: This.
1: Yes. <laughs> like
3: a a seven B is basically just a really nice fifty seven, but it's like a really nice fifty seven. <laughs>
0: it's not that much more, you know. Yeah. On oh, the the yeah, don't
3: stuff. don't think about that. It's just a really nice fifty seven. Yeah, there you
0: go. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah.
3: So yeah, I, I just got the bug, um, got really into it and then found people that needed records. Cause I feel like, I I don't know if this is jumping ahead, but, uh, I I've spent a lot of time in, like punk and metal bands and making, making music. That's like, not always something that like, um, Topher, you might have some experience. Like I'm familiar with some of your projects. Like sometimes you'd go to work with an engineer in like a punk band, And you want to make sounds that they don't think are right, or like they don't understand. And they're like, "Why would you do that? Like, why do you want to run your vocals through an old telephone and then blow them up even more with a rat pedal or something like that?" And it's like, because it sounds cool and it works for the music.
1: Want that raw, dirty sound?
3: You want that? Yeah, yeah. Like
1: vocals through a (laughs) telephone and a rat pedal.
3: Yeah, like don't don't auto tune this like and you know, like for sure, yeah,
1: there's so yeah my uh i I'd say my first album came came out like that, whereas I listened too much to the the, the producer and, or the engineer and didn't speak up enough
2: yeah
3: yeah, and and like that has it like expertise has its place like there's there's that's good, but I think that sometimes like especially in the kinds of music that I end up working like the the types of bands or musicians i end up working with like they just want someone that understands the kind of thing they're trying to do and is willing to work with them and like make that the best it can be like you know if if i get a band and they say we've never played to a click before we've never practiced to a click we don't know how to do that it's like okay maybe we can try the click but if that's just not working then like let's just get like, just treat this as band practice and we're going to do the best we can with this. And I'm totally cool with, you know, having my name attached to that. And like the imperfections that that come with it because the people listening to that kind of music listen to a lot of records recorded that way. So it's not weird to them, but it might be weird to somebody that only, you know, like somebody that worships Steely Dan, not that there's anything wrong with Steely Dan. (laughs)
1: Yeah, there's no uh, Yeah, I, I like that. That's a great that's a great thing to say. They're just knowing that there's no there's not really a right or wrong way to record music. There might be there's, you know, things that get used more often or less often. But yeah, you don't have to record to a click. You can. But, you know, sure. Yeah, I think that's 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 awesome. You're willing to kind of work with what the, the artists want to do uh so the so since you i know that you've f- uh finished building your studio pretty recently or, or mm-hmm. i don't know if you're actually finished or if you're still in process the
3: but, the open breaker box is like it's, a, it's, yeah. it's almost there it's like 90 percent there
1: my my eyes were drawn away from it by the cool treatment <laughs> that you have um, <laughs> the, the patterns are awesome nice. uh, but yeah so since you're like kind of in the process, getting it finished up. I was just wondering if you could like kind of share some of the the obstacles you ran into and like, and kind of what you've done to overcome, like, you mm-hmm. know, limitations of having it in a home and the, you know, shapes of rooms and things like that.
3: Yeah. So the biggest problems are that I'm in a basement um, and I'm in a basement in the house that like my family lives in. So I, I have two kids and a wife and they don't want to listen, even if it's on like a, a Sunday to like somebody's grindcore band making a record or, or uh, even like, you know, really good traditional heavy metal, or I, I, I'm doing an indie pop record this weekend. I'm not, I'm not like a one trick pony, but like, they don't want to hear it all the time and I don't blame them. So like trying to separate the basement acoustically from the rest of the house, especially um, when You don't have the ceiling height like i think my ceilings are like seven and a half foot uh tall which is not which is like already pushing it on like minimum height requirement for like good overhead placement or something like that so you can't build the traditional room within a room so it was getting creative uh it was lots of lots of reading on like the john sayers forum he's like an uh, acoustician um a lot of gear space uh deep dives and then eventually uh like these panels all came from, uh, GIC acoustics, uh, and they offer free consultations, which is, which is great. Somebody told me about them. Um, the panels aren't the cheapest and you could probably just take their free advice and like build your own, but I'm also terrible at building things. So I, I bought, but anyway, it was, um, so the, the first big obstacle was isolating sound from the basement. And that was just, um, I settled on building a double wall, so like i'm sitting in my control room now um there was a wall between this room and like the rest of the basement uh i put another wall in front of that and then packed it full of rock wool okay and left an air gap so that like it's not just insulation there's there's like a gap to kind of it works like a a giant base trap built behind drywall (laughs)
2: Mm
3: -hmm. and and then uh double doors and then just from there like weather stripping and um sealing like the bottom of the doors with uh like door seals you would get at menards for winterizing or something like that uh and then the other big problem is basements are usually like rectangles and parallel walls are bad for recording so thankfully my basement was long enough um, that I was able to subdivide it into two rooms. So I have a live room and an ISO room. And I built like a 45 degree wall there. So that like uh, that already cuts off one. And then I in all the corners that were left, um, I turned those into floor to ceiling base traps and built those at an angle. And then uh used um acoustic panels to kind of cheat the parallel walls the rest of the way so that like i don't have like any actual one-to-one parallel walls and then i was able to get away and in a good cloud over the drums like so those are the big things like um and and i think it can work for like anybody like if you just kind of like you don't need a space that was like purpose-built to be a studio you just need to like read up on acoustics because i think that once you um like eliminate parallel walls understand uh like how bass traps work or how acoustic treatment works and like how to play to the strengths of your room like mine was really long mm-hmm. so i can still get a good like long drum room sound um uh and, and like I, so yeah i guess like play to the strengths of your room um try to separate the the sound from the rest of the house so you don't drive everybody crazy and then yeah that's a make up for the shortcomings of having seven foot tall ceilings in a rectangular room
1: yeah you work with what you got I, I, you know you can make good music in any room if you know if you if you do a good job with it it sounds like you're you're adapting well
3: yeah yeah I mean you could do the same things that I did in a garage or anywhere it's just eliminate those like parallel walls mostly and
1: do you have any do you have a, do you have a lot of uh any problem with a lot of sound going upstairs with I know what you said you're yeah it's up there and everything.
3: that's the spot that um is the worst uh but I did just pack this I I had an old drop ceiling when I moved in we ripped it out and packed a bunch of insulation up there and then drywalled it in so it's a lot more of a barrier than used to be it's not dead dead in the in like the living room which is right above the basement but um like my family's watched TV up there while I was recording. So they're like, you know, we can hear the bass, but it's kind of like the neighbors are having a loud party and they're like, they're like it's, it's manageable. So I guess they just love me a lot, which is nice.
1: That's good. Yeah. You're running a studio at home. so like, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I, I totally get it. Uh, so uh, let's get into, let's get into a little bit of a gear talk, I guess. Sure since uh, what, uh, what are you, what are you using to to capture sounds there? Are, are you okay. specific about interfaces and pre's and mics and all those kind of things?
3: Yeah. So, so kind of like everything I did with the construction, I tried to get like the most bang for the buck. Um, so I'm primarily a digital studio, but, uh, I put all my money after, after, um, the construction and like trying to make sure uh, my space was acoustically sound, like the construction and the treatment into uh, microphones. Um, So I can give like a basic rundown there, I guess. Uh, I've I've got a couple here like this uh, SM7B I think is kind of a must for uh, modern rock vocals. Um, I've got uh, an Aston origin that I use as a a large diaphragm condenser um, for a variety of things. Yeah. Uh, my typical drum setup is, is, is this what you guys want? You guys kind of want the rundown or is this too much?
1: Yeah. Whatever okay. you
3: want to share. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, typically like on, on the drums. Um, uh, so I, I try to go, I try to find budget things when I can. Uh, I have a pair of road M fives that are like a, a pair of con, like pencil condensers. And I use those for, um, all, all my overheads on my drum recordings, because I think they sound great. And I don't think the price can be beat anywhere. It's like three hundred bucks for a pair of those, I think, new, and you can find them.
1: Yeah, I don't think I don't think there's anything better for the in the price range.
3: Um, so I use those, and then like uh, an SE V7X instead of a, a fifty-seven, uh, about the same price. Um, it's SE Electronics instrument mic, uh, instrument dynamic, like a dynamic instrument mic. I use that on snare top, fifty-seven on snare bottom. Uh, trusty AKG D one twelve as my kick. Um, kick in, and then I've got a pair of golden age project uh, R1 ribbons that are like their active ribbon mics. I use that as a mono room, and um, if I need a bigger room, I fake it with plugins because that's what plugins are for. Uh, <laughs> and then and then from there, uh, 57s and the R1 ribbons on guitars, um, nothing else to like esoteric i guess uh the the studio itself um in lieu of a bunch of outboard gear i bought an apollo x8 uh because i like a lot of uh uad's hardware emulations like um i i don't have an 1176 but i've recorded with a lot of 1176s and i don't think that their emulation is far enough off for me to tell a difference so like when i track a vocalist i can just run it straight through uh, UAD's 1176 emulation and uh like maybe a preamp emulation and, and get like a really close to mix ready vocal sound. Like, I don't think you need a lot of that. So it's like nice digital gear, but it's not, it's not like racks of outboard gear or anything like that. And, and there's a lot of benefits to being digital. Um Recall is one of them. Like, I don't have to take pictures of where knobs and dials are on things or like, if I record one vocalist and then the band was like, well, we want this other person sings too, but they don't sing as loud or they sing way louder then I don't have to like change compressor settings and try to remember where the first person was at. Like if we ever bounce back. Um, so yeah. And then a Mac M one mini, which I think is like the best, best bang for your buck. And as far as a Mac goes, cause I'm a logic guy. Um, I'm a logic guy because I knew GarageBand <laughs> cause it was free. And uh, logic made the most sense going like when I was trying to step up to like a I guess professional Daw if you wanna you know, if you wanna call it that
1: logic makes sense yeah
2: mm-hmm. yeah yeah
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah I uh, yeah makes I I get that yeah uh, it is sometimes easier I think you're right uh, having having just having really good having a good hardware that and then just using really good plugins I mean you're cutting down on a lot of a lot of extra weight there. Yeah. Um, uh, so, are you uh, are you like a band? Bring all the gear, kind of place, or do you have? Do you keep a collection of amps or 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 things? Yeah.
3: Around? Right now, I'm I'm a I'm kind of a band. Bring all the gear, but uh, I'm trying to change that. So I think that like instead of instead of spending my money on a bunch of outboard gear, um, I just bought a an orange uh 412 cab like a, a, a one of the PPC 412s um and my my goal is to eventually have like a decent amp collection I've got a Fender DeVille I'm looking for a couple a couple um like high gain amp heads um just just in case somebody shows up and just doesn't have what we need to get a guitar tone like I think it's important uh that's one spot where i've I've tried a bunch of different amp sims and i just can't get along with them like i don't know what i'm doing wrong if it's just because i've played through amps forever but i
0: to this guy offline or
3: something yeah
1: yeah <laughs> i
0: i right. do a lot of uh, for high gain stuff specifically i do amp sims but yeah low gain uh, uh, no <laughs> it's real yeah. thing that
3: that's fair i've never found like an ac30 or a fender amp sim that i was like this sounds this sounds exactly like this is that clean sound that i like i was <laughs> like why is this kind of dead
0: yeah. There's supposed to be a uh, neural just released Corey Wong's setup. up. Uh, like oh, a, really? Yeah. And it's on sale right now for 40 bucks. So uh, to, yeah. For black Friday, like they're okay. normally like 80 to a hundred. So that might be one to check out and it's entirely clean sounds.
3: I think you might have sold me on an amp sim. Cause I, I've like tried a couple of the neural um, I forget which one I had. I had like an amp hub membership for or like the subscription the stl one and like i think i like one like i liked like the jcm 800 yeah. they did but like then i then i like had somebody bring in like a real jcm 800 and i was like oh, oh this, yeah, this smokes you. like that every day all day like I see that,
0: that's usually the thing with them like you buy one of those packs and you'll find like two of them off it that's what i do every because i got a yeah M- sound labs and i specifically use the freedman off of it and there's like oh a, yeah. is
3: that is that that amped roots thing yep,
0: that's the one i got yep yeah. so I got the Friedman, the the 5150 uh mesa and one other one i think it's a standard marshall but the freedman sounds really good the mesas
2: uh-huh,
0: all right but yeah it's it, if you can pick it up for cheap right now with black friday i'd say grab it while you can
3: okay yeah yeah that Corey wong thing sounds interesting yeah
0: that yeah <laughs>
1: Yeah, you got the benefit, of course. Now that you have the, you've built out a space too, that you can probably mic amps up pretty well and and capture the sound. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes being in a small space, like like we might be in, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I I love micing amps up, but you know, sometimes it's I it can get a better sound in a tiny room by just getting a good plugin or you know an audio. oh
3: yeah yeah, and and I think that like a lot of people use those on their mixes and i've heard so many great mixes with amp sims and like i know it's possible it's just like a thing like i don't know if i just haven't taken the time to dial it or if i'm just kind of lazy and i know like how to mic a cab so it's like i'm just gonna mic a cab um yeah like it's totally possible i'm just bad at it i think (laughs) like
0: the the other right. thing after market i aftermarket IRs with those. That's the other thing I was. Yeah. Yeah. That might that might be because I've heard uh, people with the, the same complaint like is there's just something off about it. You switch the IR to like the um oh celestials or own hammers IRs and it like totally yeah. Do it, yeah.
3: That's a that's a A rabbit hole i haven't gone down yet and i think that might help because yeah it's like a lot of times the stock ir it's like there's something just a little too like fizzy about a lot of them there's like a weird a weird like 4k like bump in all of them and it's like i feel like i'm just EQing out a lot of upper mids and now it just sounds like then it makes like everything sound like a dual wreck it's like everything everything gets into like new metal muddy territory real quick and i'm just like wait a second i don't want that yeah. Where's, the, where's the mid mid ground and like there's no air around this like i like a little bit of air like
1: yeah i i i think there, there's nothing to be like a really well mic'd up amp in a good no room. not at all yeah you can, you can get emulations that sound good but i still i don't know yeah uh, mm-hmm. uh let's uh let's get let's move on to another question for you here uh let's uh I think you kind of you kind of touched on what types of of music and genres and things like that that you you that you work in a lot of the times but uh like uh, are there any favorite bands and artists you've worked with so far uh, um, that you're working on right now that you want to talk about
3: sure so uh one of my one of my favorites was this last weekend um, a local guitar one of my favorite local guitarists um, Is a guy named Mitch Frazier I don't know if you're familiar with Mitch I know Mitch Yeah like Mitch Mitch has been in a lot of bands That I've always really enjoyed And he's in this new project called Squirrel Cage That does like (laughs) Kind of grungy, sludgy Like 90s Rock kind of stuff But it's still like filtered through Like he's a big like uh, Faces, stones Like 70s rock guy Through and through Which I think like makes sense Because I think all those all those like nineties Seattle bands were influenced by that stuff. Like that was kind of like, let's do that. But louder was kind of, I think like the impetus behind a lot of that. So he's doing a project like that. And um, he's also a total gear nut. So he came by Sunday with um, an AC, uh, a Vox AC 30 and I'm going to get it wrong. It's like, the name vintage it it's a Marshall with the vintage in the name like I can't Google it because if I Google vintage Marshall I just get like
0: vintage
1: every
3: guitar amp. but it's like it was like manufactured in the early 2000s he was telling me all about it and I knew I should have taken notes but like those sounded great we did like six mics between two cabinets so oh my like God. my my typical approach is a 57 and a ribbon um mm-hmm. just on on any guitar cab I think it's a really good combination uh, Cause the ribbon kind of balances out the, like, I don't know, the brightness of the the 57, like you get all the articulation from the 57, but a ribbon gives it some body. And then we did some like room mics too, because they're totally going for that, like organic kind of like band in a room, rock it out vibe. And I think that like, I'm really excited about that one and I can't wait to finish it. And I think like, if there was one thing I like to do, it's like not so m- much genre uh, dependent to me. I just like, I just like doing like i'm i've always been like a rock guy so whether like whatever kind of rock we're we're getting down on like i want to make like organic sounding rock records the best i can in a basement like the kind of place that like somebody can show up and we can do it a bunch of different ways like we can build a record up from just the drums or if somebody's like we want to do four songs and track the rhythm guitar, the bass and the drums at the same time. And like, if you can nail the performance, like, great, I'll throw, uh, like I think when we did their basics tracking, we put, um, the one guitar player plays through a basement and we put the basement and, uh, the AC 30 in the same room and we just tracked it. And this was all overdubs that we did and like bleed be damned. Like it's fine. Like lots of records were made that way. We can totally do it. And I, I think that like, that's what I like to do. So like I, I work with a lot of metal and stuff, but I, the metal I'm doing, I'm not trying to do the like really hyper polished, like modern gent or like metal core production because like that stuff is cool. Um, it's never been my thing. And I don't think I would do a very good job of it. Cause like, I just don't have like an encyclopedic knowledge of superior drummer libraries and like, <laughs> uh, 10 clipping plugins to like, really do it justice.
1: Oh, that's fair. Uh, yeah, that's cool. I mean, I think it's it, that's that's awesome. I you mean, know, the stuff uh, that you're working with a lot of music that you, uh, you know, if it's stuff that you know, like you're going to do you know, like you're going to do a great job or, you know, like at least you're going to do a much better job if it's a style that you're into because, you know, you're going to be excited about working with it. Yeah. Yeah, that, that sounds like a really cool pro- project with Mitch too.
3: Yeah, yeah. So.
1: What's uh, so what's what's next? For
3: you sure um uh so i just launched a website and uh there's not much there i'm waiting on a few i'm hoping like a few things i've worked on will drop in the next couple months so i can beef up the portfolio i'm booking uh sessions starting in march like i'm booked through march right now i'm just recording uh every other weekend for tracking sessions so that i actually have time to mix between Cause I'm doing like all my own editing, mixing, uh, the whole, the whole thing. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm just going to try to book as many sessions as I can in, in 2022 and make as many records as, as we can hope it goes well.
0: Very cool. Sounds good. So you got any, uh, anything you want to plug or any work? We're going to you? I guess, or do you want to sure let advertise that out?
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I've got, I've got a website, um, chiptoothaudio.com. Um, People can find me there. They can also send an email at dan at chipped tooth And if there's something they they want to work on, um, yeah, go ahead and advertise it out. And
0: sweet.
3: Yeah. Well
0: yeah, we can put uh, put all of your all your stuff down our, our description thing. Uh cool. so that way folks can find you and yeah,
2: cool. Yeah.
3: I appreciate it, guys. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for uh doing this for us today, Dan. I appreciate
0: it. Yeah, thanks, man.
3: We'll we'll talk to you later. Great talking to you. Yeah, have a good one.
0: See ya. Hey, guys, just wanted to jump in here and let you all know uh, we're changing up the format a little bit for how we do musical features. Um, So from uh, this episode going forward, um, uh, we're going to have our musical guests um, send in a video talking about how they uh about the song that they submitted and the song that we're featuring if you'd like to be featured on the show uh hit us up reach out to us at woodwirewatts at gmail.com that's woodwirewatts with an s uh this week's musical feature along with being our topic guest is also dan uh with his project sparkle teeth that so the next clip you're gonna see is gonna be him talking about that remember if you're watching this on youtube uh you won't get to hear the featured song and that's just because of youtube's copyright issues go down to the link in the description to hear it or jump over to the audio version of our podcast on spotify apple music or wherever you wherever you listen to your podcasts at again we hope you enjoyed the topic interview with dan uh and now to the music feature
2: hey everybody it's dan cannelly uh i have a solo project called sparkle teeth And earlier this year, I released an EP of fuzzy alt-rock jams inspired by some of my favorite 90s bands. Um, And I struggled a little bit with figuring out how to promote it because of the pandemic. Uh, So I settled on filming a live playthrough of the songs and recruited some of my favorite local musicians. Uh, Bambi Guthrie handled all the filming at one of my favorite local venues, The Brass Rail. And we recorded everything using the mics they had on hand through their uh, Behringer X32 console and into Logic. And then I brought it home uh, to my studio here at Chiptooth Audio, and I mixed it. Um, and that was a really interesting process, uh, mixing something that had been recorded totally live uh, with no overdubs. Uh, and I hope you enjoy it. Here's Slack.
0: So next week, tune in. Uh, we're gonna have a special holiday episode. Uh, we'll let you know when it gets a little bit closer to the episode release date. What's actually happening? But it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be some good stuff. Uh, thanks for joining us on Wood Wire and Watts. Until next time, tune up, crank the volume, and let it rip.
2: It's got you feeling down